Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Larry Hogner, founder of the Dad Edge. How's it going, Larry? It's going great, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I, I'm kind of excited. I, I imagine my kids might listen to this uh, when they hear the Dad Edge uh, on the Kajabi Edge uh, podcast. It feels like there's some unique symbiosis here. Here, so I can't wait to dig in. It, it probably will be. I, how many kids do you have? I've got two. Two. All right, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm two ahead of you, but that's okay. okay you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can win this one. We're sticking yeah. with you. <laughs> well, uh, to get things uh, rolling, uh, maybe you can just kind of give us a, a quick elevator pitch of who you are, what you do, what is the Dad Edge? Sure. So I am the host and founder of the Dad Edge podcast, which is otherwise known as the Dad Edge. It was formerly the Good Dad Project. Basically, what I do is I host a podcast that's dedicated to men, husbands, and fathers to help them in in five areas. Uh, creating extraordinary marriage is one. Uh, an epic connection with your kids with more patience and more resilience and, and better memories. Being a more effective leader. Uh, we also talk about finances and we talk about optimizing your physical, mental, emotional health. So those five areas, that's what I do. That's what we focus on. That's what the podcast is focused on. That's what our mastermind is focused on. And me personally, uh, I'm an imperfect total moron father that is just trying to be better. So I'm, I'm not only the uh, president and founder, but I'm also a student of this as well. And I will never stop being a student. My boys, 16, 14, 8, and 6, uh, as it stands, as we're recording right now, tomorrow is my 19th wedding anniversary. And I'm married to my best friend, my soulmate, and a woman who has a total lot of patience and tolerance for me over the years. And I'm lucky to have her. Well, congrats <laughs> on all of that. That is some exciting stuff. I just want to dig in a little bit more and get a better understanding of how you got started in this space. Because like you said, I mean, this is something that like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that anyone, or I don't know if they exist, I haven't found them, but it's just the perfect husband, father, you know, how did, how did you, how did you get the creds or how did you get the, I guess the, what you needed to get started in the space? I wish I could say it was a really wonderful start. It was a very dark moment, to be honest. Uh, my 14 year old, who was four at the time, I, I'm actually getting ready to launch uh, a book. And and uh, the book will is going through publishing right now. And on the back uh, is the description. You know, it said, "I at the age of four, 10 years ago, and at the age of four years old, the monster that I always swore to protect my kids against was the person I was the monster I became." And you know, I I grew up in an environment younger when I was. I, I mean, I, I know I had father figures that were constantly in and out of my life. My mom was married three times. Every guy was the same guy, just kind of a partier. You know, just it just abusive, that kind of thing. Didn't even start to have a relationship with my own father until I was 30. So I, I really kind of came from this background of chaos. And I swore to myself when I became a father, I was like, okay, when I become a father, number one, when I get married, it's going to be one time. I'm going to do this right. And when I become a father, I'm going to do it right. And what I can tell you is I knew all these things of what not to do, right? It's like, uh, I know I'm not going to throw beer bottles at my kids and hit them. I know I'm not going to you know scream obscenities. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Well, that's about as effective as if you go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you buy that brand new barbecue pit for Memorial Day and you open up the instructions and the instructions say, 
here's 100 ways not to put this thing together. It really doesn't give you a whole lot of context whatsoever for success. And what happened was in, in 2012 was I my my four-year-old stepped out of line as, as four-year-olds do. That's what they're supposed to do. And never put my hands on my kids out of anger. And I spanked my son and I unfortunately spanked him hard and he lost his balance and he hit the ground. And I immediately just knew what I did. And I was like, oh my God, what, what did I just do? And I went to go pick him up and help him up. And he looked at me like I was a monster, like literally shuddered at me. And I was like, and that was devastating to me, devastating. Because in that moment where I saw my son and the way he looked at me was the exact way I grew. I, I didn't even see my son. I saw myself in his eyes. And I was like, what, what am I doing? And at the time, I was your typical, you know, didn't have a whole lot of patience for my two sons at the time. I had a six-year-old, a four-year-old. I was okay, but I wasn't great. Um, I was, I worked a lot. I was into my hobbies. So I kind of did fatherhood from a bit of a distance. And my marriage was on a scale of one to 10, probably about a four. You know, the communication wasn't the best. You know, my intimacy with her wasn't the best. Even my authenticity with her wasn't, wasn't great at all. And I thought that that's just what marriage was. And I was just like, well, when you, when you get married, you just slowly kind of fall out of love with each other and become roommates. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And as a father, like you just sort of engage, put food on the table and, you know, that kind of thing. And you teach some life lessons here or there, but I wanted so much more. I just did not know how to get it. And on that evening where I spanked my son, I went into my office and I was on my computer. And what do you do when you're an adult and you have a bad moment? You go on social media and you distract yourself from your own life. You want to go look at everybody else's highlight reel. And there was, there was a button in the lower left-hand corner and Jared, I don't know what, what it was, but the button said, create a page. And I clicked that button and I never created a page and it just popped up. It said, what do you want to name your page? And literally I didn't even hesitate. The words, the good dad project just rolled off my heart onto that keyboard. I'm a faith-based person. I really do think God had a hand in that. He was, I think, giving me a nudge. Never did it for a following. But in that moment, I kind of call that my Jerry Maguire moment because I had this surrender that happened. Kind of like when he wrote that mission statement. I had this surrender happen. And I'm just like, it, it was an awakening. I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. I'm done. I'm started really reflecting on my life and like my career I was great at, right? I was doing martial arts at the time. I was really good at that. And I was like, what's the common denominator between things that people are good at or I'm good at? It's what well, we learn and we learn from people who are smarter than us. And we have instructors and coaches and mentors. And I don't have any of that when it comes to fatherhood. I don't have any of that when it comes to marriage. And I've never read a book. I've never even sought out information. So what I'm going to do with this page is I'm just going to learn something new every day. That's it. And I'm just going to put it right here. I never did it for a following. That page got a lot of following. And then I started being asked to speak at like events. And I'm like, speak on what? Like, I'm an idiot. Like, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing, you know? And they were like, no, that's what we like. We like you're so authentic about it, you know? And started speaking. 2013, I started the blog and then I blogged for a couple of years and that turned into the podcast. And now I've been podcasting for seven years. We're almost at a thousand episodes and I have been blessed beyond measure, well more than I deserve. I've I've had amazing interviews with Matthew McConaughey, with uh, John Cooper, who's the lead singer of Skillet. With I just interviewed Greg Olson, who is a NFL broadcaster, also one of the one of the best players in the NFL. He just retired, number eighty eight for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know Jocko Willink, and you know we just we just locked in. Uh, Tom Brady just said yes. We don't have a date yet, but he's coming on. Uh, but just things like people like that that just you know want to come on the podcast and talk about being better husbands and fathers, and we all put our pants on the same way. I wish I could say it had like this really pretty start, but it didn't. Started with a lot of darkness. Well, I, I can't go without saying if you need a guest host for TB's episode, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, yeah. 
what what a what a tremendous journey uh, i think uh, i'd love to even just hear even more about um because you talked about all the way like going back i think it was to 2013 you've came a long way a thousand episodes of a podcast can you maybe hone in on the moment to where you realized that this was not just a a facebook page or a social page i don't even know what network it was but a page you started like when did you realize that there was something to this so th- there was a couple things with the page you know i the first speaking engagement I ever had was I was I got a message on on Facebook from a from a woman and she said, "Hey, I, I've been following your page for quite some time. I have an opportunity for you for speaking. Here's my number." And it was a local level thing. I was like, "Speaking?" So I, I called her and she was local and she's like, "Yeah, you know me and a bunch of other moms that are in our moms group at this one church. We follow your page. We love it. We want you to come out and speak to us." And I was like, "Speak?" I was like, "Speak on what?" She's like, oh, "About how to be a good dad." I was like, "You got the." <laughs> I was joking with her. I was like, you got the wrong guy. I was like, uh, I'm an idiot. I was like, I'm just trying to learn how to do this. She's like, no, no, no. That's what we like about it. We really like the fact that you're so open with you're just trying to learn and be better and know there's hardly any men out there that are saying those words, but yet we all know our husbands are feeling that. So can you come out and speak to us by day in the life of the dad? I was like, I guess I can. Like how many, how many people will be there? I was thinking like 25, 30. She's like, oh, we have the biggest group here in St. Louis. It's 350 women. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I'll do my best. I was like, I've never done this. She's like, that's okay. You'll be fine. And and it was at that event. I saw like these, these women and I saw like how they responded to the message. And I was just being super authentic and perfect and, you know, and just sharing what it was. And they loved it. It's like, man, maybe there's something here. That was the page. And then the podcast, it took about a year, but I'll never forget like kind of like my first big guest. And that was Frankie Edgar from the UFC. Uh, he currently holds the most minutes in the cage of any fighter ever in the UFC. Uh, he's been the lightweight champion uh, years back, still fights to this day. And when I was connected to him, he shot me his phone number over email. He's like, here, just shoot me a text. I'm like, shoot you a text. I've been watching you on TV for like seven years. I'm like a huge fan. Like, shoot me a text. Like, so I started texting him and then we got on a call and I was like, you know, hey man, like the podcast is kind of small right now. Like, he's like, oh man, I would love to come on. And so then I had like this moment where he popped up on Zoom and I'm like, I can't even believe I'm talking to this guy. Like I've watched him on TV for years because I was a huge UFC fan. And then we just started talking and riffing on fatherhood and marriage. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, it doesn't matter if you're Frankie Edgar. It doesn't matter if you're Matthew McConaughey. It doesn't matter. Like every single guy on the planet who's a husband and father, the one thing that is common ground for us and like the one thing that just unites us is how humbling and how uncertain at times and how rewarding and how amazing amazing fatherhood can be. And yet, man, we're, we all put our pants on the same way when it comes to that topic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I know you haven't, you, you, well, you haven't interviewed Tom Brady, but like yet, yeah, but like all of the other interviews that you've, you've you, all of these people who are, you know, certainly excelling in their respective fields, whether it be UFC, football, across the board, the reality of it is, is to our kids, I don't know if I can say that so much, but to our kids, I imagine Tom Brady's kids probably don't think he's all that special. <laughs> <laughs> the reality of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> probably not as special as we think he is exactly right? yeah you're exactly right exactly it's a it's yeah. a really cool like unif- unification amongst everyone who goes through that journey so uh, tell us a little bit more about let's just get into like i guess the the financial aspect of this like when did this become something that you know you realized you were actually starting to earn an income or, or achieve whatever that was maybe it was an income always on your mind i guess we can start with that never uh <laughs> actually at all and i I remember back in 2015 when I joined uh, my very first mastermind that I'd ever been a part of. And I started, you know, at the time I had a full time job. I actually had a very lucrative job in medical device sales, you know, made great living, great perks. You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those jobs that everybody, when they find out you're in medical device sales, they, they want to talk to you because they're like, Hey, how do I get in that field? Cause it's, it's just a great field to be in and never wanted to even had a desire to make money. And I always thought too that if I make money at this and I love it, that doesn't feel right. That almost feels unfair. Aren't, aren't I supposed to kind of hate what I do? Isn't that noble? And I had this mentor of mine and this first mastermind that I joined and he he basically reframed that entire thinking for me. He's like, listen, man, he goes, and he was in his 60s. He had bought you know, bought and sold eight businesses, was, retired when he was 27. He's like, listen, man, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, you got to get that out of your head when you can actually have the trifecta. And this is the trifecta. Love what you do, put food on the table and bring value to somebody else's life. That is where life feels fantastic. And I was like, wow, okay. I never heard it. I've never heard it told like that, but that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And ever since then, I'll never forget my very first coaching client. I charged him 50 bucks an hour to coach him. And then I was like, wow, someone actually would pay me to do this. This is pretty fascinating. And, um, when it really, really came together was 2016. Uh, 2016 is where we started what's called that edge Alliance, which is our mastermind community. And I remember inviting our first 10 men to come join that program. And these men at the time, it was just a three month program. And these men loved it so much, you know, when it came to their marriages and creating more memories of their kids and connection and patience and all these things. Cause we taught them skills in that three months that they're like, now what do I do? And I'm like, Oh, you're free to go. Like, I don't have anything else for you. Besides this three month program, we had 70% of our men in groups of three months, just repeat the, and just do the whole program all over again. Like, and I was just like, Are you sure? like, we're just going to do the program all over again. That's all I got for you. And they're like, that's okay. I don't want to leave. Like I, I, I love it here and this is what I need. So then it really clicked. I was like, man, I was like, we really need something ongoing. And that's when a year later in 2017, I signed up with Kajabi and I was like, I think we need a membership site at this point. I think we need something to house all of our resources where our guys can go in and take trainings, you know, and take courses and know what's coming next with our agendas and, and how to get in touch with our leadership team and all these things. But that's when it really, really clicked was 2016 of men really wanted more. I've got to ask it. In terms of like finding those customers, just being a part of the category that is your target market, a married dad, I I can imagine that it's maybe a little bit of a challenge for a lot of lot of people that fit that category as well to say, hey, I think I I need, you know, a little bit of an explanation on this or I need some training. You know, there's the ego that comes in. Oh yeah. Like how how are you, I guess how are you breaking through that? Or is it maybe are the wife's your your primary? Are they signing up the husbands or Oh God, no. Um, and in fact, uh, I would argue like when I, when, when I have women come up to me and say, I really need to get my husband in the Alliance. How do I do that? I was like, the best way to do that is not tell them about it. I was like, and they're like, wait, well, why? I want him to join. I was like, if you basically send that message that you want your husband to join dad as Alliance, the filter he's most likely going to run that through is, well, what you think I'm broken? You think something's wrong with me? And that's not number one. Let me clarify. That's not what the Alliance is for. The Alliance is for men who are 
eager to learn, right? And eager to learn from each other. But here's the other thing too. They're also very eager to contribute to somebody else's life because it doesn't, it doesn't matter, Jared. And you know this, it doesn't matter how broken we perceive ourselves. We're good at something. And sometimes we're good at a few things, right? So like, for instance, I am not the best person to teach you about money management. We have coaches in our group that teach you about money management, but I can sure as heck teach you how to create more intimacy, connection, and communication with your wife. That I can teach you, right? Here's the other thing too. I I host the Dad Edge. One of the things that's hard for me raising four boys, patience. It's just hard sometimes. It's very... And I I need to constantly be taught and reminded and have that sword sharpened on how to be more patient at times, right? So I, I can teach you all day long about how to connect better with your wife. And I'm also eager to learn more about patience and maybe finances or maybe leadership or something like that. So the beautiful thing about what men what men don't realize a lot of times because we're so uber focused on the things that we want to work on or the things that we're really great at. And when you're in a tribe like this, when you're in a mastermind like this, what quickly happens, and I tell guys this on our kickoff calls and things like that, I was like, the first thing that you that it's going to, the first thing you're going to realize, believe it or not, is you're going to be really excited about what you learn. But most of all, you're going to find out what you're really good at. And there's a reason for that, because when you have like this open group coaching environment where men are asking questions and you're like, man, like I'm here to talk about marriage, but I'm actually really good with our bills and finances. And this guy's asking about like, how can I be better, you know, more financially responsible with our family's money and totally help him with that. In fact, I feel really great about helping him with that. It's one of the six basic human needs. One of the six basic human needs is contribution. So one of the cool things about it is that, you know, when men come and join our tribe, they're not just there to learn. They're also there to contribute, right? Which is really, really cool. But to answer your question to break the barrier is that here's here's how you break the barrier. You normalize that we don't know what the hell we're doing. And it's really okay. Because I mean, I will... I, even me doing this now for 10 years, I will never tell you that I'm the expert ever. I'm the student. It's really okay not to have it all figured out. In fact, I would say it's better because your ego is set aside because you're always interested in learning. If, you, if your ego is set aside, you're curious and appreciative, which is going to make you learn. So here's how you break the cycle of that or that thinking of that is that when it comes to fatherhood and being a husband, how much training do we get on that? You know, I mean, like we it, it's 990 hours of training for you to go from police cadet to police officer. It's over 700 hours to go from fire academy cadet to firefighter. It's eight years of medical school, two years of residency, one year of fellowship to go to surgeon. Yet when we walk down the aisle and say, I do, how much training do we get with that one? Essentially none. Essentially none. And last time I checked, when your kid is born, there's no manual that pops out right after them. They literally pat you on the back and be like, hey man, you got this. Don't worry. Best time of your whole life. And just a last thing I'll say is this. Can you imagine what law enforcement would look like if police cadets showed up to an academy and they said, hey, we're closing our doors. We just realized we really don't need the academy anymore. You don't need to be trained. Today, you're a cop. So head on down to precinct number two. They're going to give you your squad car, your taser, your your firearm, your uniform. But don't worry. You'll figure it out. It's the best time of your whole life. There's been cops for years. So don't worry. You'll have it figured out. Best time of your whole life. Don't worry about it. Be disastrous. That it would. I want to drill in a little bit more on the previous question of, of like, wouldn't you understood that this was... Uh, what was the factor? Given that you didn't start this with a you know profit in mind, did you have anything in mind? Was it a was it an audience size? Was it you know a speaking gig? What were the factors that kind of let you knew that this was the right move to you know go full time? Or how, how did you make how did you make that decision? You know, I, in the very beginning, it was it was just like I just want to learn. 
you know, and I just, just want to help another guy. That's really what it boiled down to. I just want to learn and help another guy. Uh, I think the first time I ever really kind of understood from a business revenue perspective that this could go somewhere is when I wrote my first book in 2015. I'll never forget the same mentor that told me about that, th- that trifecta. I, I wrote a book called The Dad's Edge uh, back in 2015. And the first day that it was, it landed on Amazon, I sold like 480 copies or something like that, you know, made, made a good amount of money on that very first day. And I called my mentor at the time. He was my coach. I was a part of his mastermind. I was like, Hey man, I think I'm going to quit my job. And it's, you know, medical device sales, very lucrative. I was like, he's like, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, what? And I told him and he's like, why do you feel that way? And I told him, I was like, I just sold 480 something copies. He's like, yeah, that's great. He goes, that's today. He goes a month from now, you probably won't be selling 480. Co- you might be, I don't know, but usually book sales first week, you know, big deal. He's like, let me tell you something. If you go to your wife right now and tell her you're quitting your, your six figure job, you might as well just gear up for divorce because that's what the level of uncertainty and, and, and safety that you're going to tear out from under her is going to be horrible. I would advise you not to do that. And I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, he's like, listen, man, you gotta, you gotta be smart about this stuff. You know, he's like, and he told me back then, even in 2015, he's like, he's like, dude, the good dad project, the dad edge, this is something, if you do it right, it could change. It could change the mind and the heart of men who need it most. And you're going to change people's lives and families. And, and as a result, change kids, right? He's like, but you got to do it right. If you do it wrong and this all goes away. And so I really worked with him for a while, but when it really came together with, with dad is Alliance, our mastermind community, which is we host Kajabi hosts that platform for us. It really became clear of like, wow, like we have a hundred men. Oh, wow. Now we have 200 men. We have 300 men. Oh my gosh. Now we have 500 men. Now we're knocking on the door as we do this interview of 800 plus men. And I'm sitting here thinking like it almost, you know, for me to have a full-time job at this point is not, is, is actually now the other way around. It's now taking mental bandwidth and the impact that this could make. And I'm not talking about dollars, but the impact this could make with the next level or the next book or where I could be speaking at or where I could be focusing at. I got to let this job go. And I did. And that was a, it was a little scary, right? But I did. And it has been the best decision that I ever made. I, I would have, if you would have told me, you know, seven years ago that I would not be in this, that field anymore, I would have laughed because like, oh no, it's a dream job. But man, I'm just so glad it's done. Amazing. Well, one of the things you noted, I saw, uh, you also have some really, really ambitious goals associated with um, kind of what you're trying to, I'll, I'll just re- read this. Like you, you want to change the divorce rate from 50 to 40% in the next 10 years. Tell us a little bit more about that. So if you look at the divorce rate, I'll just I'll just be very, very blunt with you on the whole thing with divorce. Everybody knows the divorce rate is 50%. Everybody knows that. Here's what people don't know though. The people that actually, the couples that stay together are actually divided up into three camps equally. One third, one third, one third. So camp number one is, hey, this is, this is great. It's everything I ever wanted. You know, like I love her. She loves me. Like everything's working. And there's a common denominator with that camp. And I'm going to go over that in a second. Then there's camp number two. Camp number two is the next one third. And they're like, eh, it's okay. You know, divorce would be way too much. We don't really have the finances. We, we want to stay together for the kids. And I, I like her. She likes me. We're pretty good. We're kind of roommates, but don't really necessarily have the connection that I thought, but it's okay. We'll settle for it. And then there's camp number three. Camp number three is zero physical, emotional connection whatsoever. There are two strangers living underneath the same roof. They don't get divorced for two reasons. It's either the financial impact will be too great or they have their perception we need to stay together for the kids. But they usually at that point, there's there's affairs going on. They live completely separate individual lives. As soon as the kids are out of the house, boom, they're gone. They've been gone for years. But
but the common denominator with with couples that are really happy and if you really do the math it's only about 12% but the common denominator is this they do the work they're students of each other they have a growth mindset they're willing to grow together they're willing to go to marriage counseling even as a preventive measure they're like hey we don't know everything in fact uh, when we got married we didn't have kids so we're gearing up to have kids so let's learn about that and then they're like okay now our kids are like out of the toddler stage and when they're into like 5 to 10 this is a whole new world like let's let's go learn that okay we've been together for 10 years let's make sure we keep our intimacy and communication on point because we're really busy with all these kids and then you get into teens and they're like wow and now our life is really changing and we constantly need to cultivate this marriage right because the kids are not going to be here forever that's the common denominator with camp number one now when I say impact you know drop that that uh, divorce rate by 10 percent the tools that we teach in data edge alliance is exactly that is this is how you can communicate with your wife this is how so she's got three basic needs she needs to feel seen she needs to feel heard she needs to feel safe here's how you go do that and by the way women your man needs to be appreciated respected validated i know that sounds crazy but telling him you appreciate him that he does a good job that is gold to him right if couples knew how to fit, let me let me just bear let me just create the simplest possible thing if couples knew if a man knew how to make his wife feel seen heard and safe and if a wife knew how to make his her man feel appreciated respected and validated i guarantee we would see a drastic drop in divorce but we don't know how to do that we don't know what it looks like in fact i would i would almost argue to say that probably a lot of your listeners mine too sometimes they're like oh my god i didn't know that was my wife's needs i didn't know that was his needs okay how do i do that but just doing those simplest things oh my gosh would make a huge difference in the divorce rate alone one of the things that i've noticed throughout both my entrepreneurial journey as well as my time here at kajabi um is that there are so many lessons that converge from being a leader and being a father, being a husband, uh, that like things that I do at home that actually make me a better leader at work, things that I do at work that I think contribute to me being a better parent at home. Where where have you found like the convergence between the work that you're doing? I know you're you're just literally teaching it, but I guess maybe just focusing on the business aspect or the business side of what you're doing. Have you noticed some convergence between how the work that you're doing actually makes you a more effective business person? Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I've been, again, this goes back to um, some amazing entrepreneurs that I've had the, you know, Andy Fursello is one, um, Ben Newman is one, Brad, Bradley is one, Bedros Koulian is one of my favorite, but all of them have said very similar things. Show me a man that's incredibly successful with his business. I'll probably show you a man who's really successful in marriage. Show me a guy who's really successful with his marriage. I'll show you a guy who's better with his business. So if, if a man knows how to like, let's just take business for instance, right? When you know how to scale your business, when you know how to make your business more profitable, when you know how to market your business, and and be more valuable to your avatar or customer uh, that that greatly improves your merit or your 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 business there are, there are strategies and there are tactical things that you have to do in each one of those realms in order to do that well that's exactly what you have to do in marriage right and here's the cool thing if you're a business owner and a lot of us don't think that those worlds actually kind of collide right because we're like oh business is business and marriage is marriage yeah to some degree but if you look at your business like if okay if I'm gonna scale 
there's a strategy behind that and there's tactics behind that, right? So if I want to create an extraordinary marriage, let's put this through the lens of marriage. If I want to create an extraordinary marriage where I have elevated communication, intimacy, and connection with my wife, there's strategy behind that and there's tactics and skills. Now, a lot of us, the way we view marriage is like, no, it's a feeling. It is to some degree, but you have to have the skills and tactics. I'll give you an example. I'm going to I'm gonna rattle off four skill sets just really, really quickly. Chances are your audience has never heard of these. Tactical empathy is one, okay? Using something called emotional labels is a skill that your wife desperately needs from you. You have to be able to identify the emotion that she's feeling. The other thing too is mirroring. One of the worst words that we can use in the English language when we're communicating with somebody is a three-letter word. It starts with the word, it starts with letter W and that's the word Y. If you If I come home and I say, hey, honey, how was your day? Oh my gosh, it was so overwhelming. Why was your day overwhelming? Now, if I use the word why, it automatically is going to put her in a defensive position. And she's like, I don't know. It's just, God, it just was like, geez. But if I say, oh, your day was overwhelming. Tell me more about that. Right. So there's a, there's different words that I use. Notice I use the emotional label overwhelmed. Right. And I did it in a voice tone that was curious and not demeaning. So I was like, tell me about that versus like, why did, why was your day overwhelming? And then the fourth, the fourth skill is generative questions. Now I use the example of how was your day? Because every person on the planet comes home and that's what they ask their husband or wife or kids. How was your day? What I would tell you is do away with that question completely. Replace that with, tell me about the best part of your day today. Tell me why it was so meaningful to you, right? That's a generative question. When you say, how was your day? They can answer it with one word, takes no thought. They're going to say, fine, good, busy, crazy, overwhelming, whatever it is, right? And that's it. Or if you're a kid in high school, boring. That's like my kid's favorite favorite answer. But if you say, tell me about the best part of your day and tell me why it was so meaningful to you. Well, now suddenly that person has to generate. That's why we call it generative questions, reflection, visions, maybe even gratitude of like, wow, what was that thing today? Oh, well, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I actually got to catch up with my friend Jill today. I haven't talked to her in months. Oh my gosh, it was so great talking to her about talking to her. It's been such a long time. Oh man, I bet that was meaningful. What'd you guys talk about? Tell me more. So when you ask generative questions, that creates connection, that creates safety. And when I'm reflecting back, seen and heard. So those skills alone, so that's skills and tactical, those are tactical things that we can do as husbands, right? To communicate better versus like automatic pilot. How was your day? Oh, it was crazy. Oh, sorry to hear that. What's for dinner? Not that not the guys are super insensitive when we do that, but we're just not trained in those tactics, right? And it's no different than when we use tactics in our business. I love it. So many, so many cool actionable insights for anyone who's a father, I mean, it's a spouse, let's just say, or parent. I'm interested, we we haven't touched on this yet. Uh, you mentioned that your your membership site's hosted on Kajabi. Uh, I guess, how, how did you find Kajabi? Where did that come into the picture? What made you decide that that was the right route for you to grow your your membership or any other areas that you touch on in your business? It's fascinating you say that. So I, I, I kind of stumbled across it. So one of my, uh, actually, I think he's on your, I think he's on like your website actually is, uh, one of your big users. Um, Anthony Trucks is a good friend of mine. Um, I've known Anthony since 2016. Uh, so for six years now. And when Anthony, I, I'm guessing you probably, you, judging by your reaction, you probably know who I'm talking about Anthony Trucks. Yeah. So um, Anthony's a good friend. And I remember reaching out to him after we had done the Alliance for a year and I knew he had a membership community. And I was like, hey man, I was like, do you know anything about membership sites? I was like, I'm trying to figure out what to do at the Alliance and I need some place to house like these video trainings and just resources for our members 
neighbors and just want a place where we can all kind of congregate. He's like, yeah, man, I use Kajabi. I'm like, I bless you. What? <laughs> like, what? He's like, Kajabi. I was like, what is Kajabi? He's like, oh, it's the platform that I use for my members and that kind of thing. I was like, well, can we get on a Zoom call and you just show me what you're talking about? He did. And I was like, wow. I was like, who, who built all this for you? He's like, oh, I did. And he's very techie and all that. And uh, I was like, can you help me with this? And he's like, I totally can. And he totally did. And so me, I, I think I bought like six coaching sessions from Anthony and he literally helped me build my membership site at the time uh, from the ground up. And it was just so, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. But that's how, that's how I found Kajabi was through Anthony. And has that, uh, like, are you still just running your membership site or are you, have you expanded other areas as well? No, it's, it's all through Kajabi. So everything like uh, all of our trainings, even, um, even like, so I like, so for instance, so I have, I actually have a training specifically on generative questions uh, for your wife. And I, I train, I have a video training on why to use generative questions when you're trying to create more intimacy and connection with your wife, psychology, like this whole psychological reason why, why they work so well. And I give the user 25 generative questions on a PDF. And I actually host that total free resource through Kajabi. So the person, you know, they opt in, they get their login and it's a free resource and they get the downloadable PDF and they get the training. Um, but yeah, Kajabi is pretty much, I mean, I have my own website, but from a membership standpoint and trainings and courses, it's all Kajabi. I have a feeling that I should be checking out this uh, generative questions for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine that's also, that, that also helps you as an interviewer on a podcast as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, well, it's one of the the coaching disciplines I was trained in. It's, it's a discipline called exchange. Um, and without going into the nuts and bolts of what exchange is, but it's basically how to use, how to facilitate questions to bring solution-based questions to bring out the best in people. So like a quick example is most people are very problematic thinking. We have to fix problems, right? We have to fit, like we have to fix our marriage. We have to fix this communication problem, right? When in actuality, if you really think about it, some problems really don't need to be fixed because you've actually have already been successful in them. So like a generative question, if I have a guy that comes to me and is like, I just need to fix the communication problem with my wife. And one of the questions I asked him was like, well, has it always been there? No, it hasn't always been there. I was like, okay, well, tell me about a time when you felt incredibly connected to your wife and what was going on and what did it feel like? And a lot of times what they'll tell me is it's like, oh, it was the first few months we were dating. I was like, okay, tell me about your first date. What was your conversation like? Oh man, I asked her all these questions. I just couldn't wait to get to know her and ask her the next question and where she grew up, what her childhood was like, what her parents were like, you know, her religious beliefs or what she wanted to do in the next five years or what she loved about her job. And I was like, well, what, what's changed? You can still ask these amazing questions. You just do it just a little bit differently, but people, people grow and people evolve and they're, they're not the same person that they were 10, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even five years ago. And you can use these questions to constantly re-get to know people. I feel like I, I want to, you can think about this one for a minute because I have one more question to ask you before we get into this, but I, I'm going to ask you to give us a good example. I think you already gave us one earlier, but another example of a generative question that we can all kind of, all, all the listeners can take yeah. take with them and use in their relationships. But before we get there, I, I want to, we always kind of try to wrap things up with just getting an understanding of what has changed for you as a result of taking this journey for all intents and purposes. You know, you could still be, you know, a high paid, you know, medical salesperson. What for you has been the biggest reason or the biggest, uh, I guess, maybe even the most surprising change as a result of you deciding to take this entrepreneurial journey. So I'll get really real with you. My wife and I are about ready tomorrow. We're celebrating 19 years of marriage. If you look at my wife's family, 
going back four or five generations, there hasn't been one person in her entire family that's ever been divorced. Not one. And um, my wife doesn't believe in divorce. And she comes from a huge family. Huge. And I sat down with my wife a few months back and I asked her, I was like, just out of curiosity, you know, and again, generative questions, where would we be had I not done Dad Edge? And Jared, she didn't hesitate. Divorced. And I was shocked because that word's never come out of my wife's mouth. And I was like, divorced? And she's like, probably. And I was like, you really? I was like, I've never heard you say it. She's like, well, I don't know about divorce, but I will tell you, I have my doubts big time. I was actually kind of preparing mentally and emotionally for a, a life without you. She's like, you weren't bad, but I knew you were capable of so much more. You just weren't allowing yourself, you know, the, the opportunity to learn. And she's like, and I knew you came from like a horrible childhood and all this other stuff. And, and I knew you wanted better, but you kept kind of falling into some of these bad patterns. So personally, that's what it's done for me. I would have two boys. I wouldn't have four. I probably would not be celebrating 19 years of marriage tomorrow. My two older boys probably wouldn't want much to do with me. I would probably be on my second or third, maybe even fourth marriage at this point. So that's for me personally. And I would say professionally and from a business standpoint, I am blessed and honored to get messages from men every day of how they're reigniting a spark with their wife after it's been five years. They have, you know, their kid acted out and they were able to display more patience. I've had men who their teenagers wouldn't really speak to them or interact with them. And they're like, now, now their teenagers are asking them to hang out. You know, I've had men professionally get promoted in their careers because of the communication skills that we teach. So personally, it's saved my my marriage. If I'm being completely and totally authentically open with you, it saved my life. I wouldn't be here. And, uh, you know, the men who do life with us, you know, they, they continue to thrive, you know, and I'm not saying that men that do life with us, their, <laughs> their life is unicorns and sunshine and rainbows all the time. But when the dark clouds come, you know, they're way more short lived because they've got a whole tribe of men behind them and skill sets that they can lean into in a toolkit that they can get out of those, those seasons quicker. I don't think you could have given a, a stronger answer to that question. I, I, you know, just as being a being a dad, being a husband myself, like uh, there's no greater win and nor nor there be any greater loss than to lose. You know, the if you if you went went the other direction, so uh, completely completely resonates. Um, as a starting point for anyone listening, uh, you talk about the generative questions. What's a good example of someone just uh, you know if they're on the road wherever they're at, if yeah. there's something quick you can kind of give them to uh, use in their in their relationships. I'll give you three, and I'll just give you the psychology. Behind them because I, I love to use these three every single day. You can use them with your wife and your kids. It's great with kids, and I'll give you the whole psychology. So uh, tell me about the best part of your day, and, and tell me tell me why it was so meaningful to you. That question right there, what that does, no matter how bad a, a person's day is, or maybe it's good, it doesn't matter. But what you're doing is is you're guiding that person into gratitude, right? And they have to then come out of whatever maybe funk that they're in or moment they had or whatever, and they now have to reflect upon that beautiful moment. And the cool thing is too is I, I we've all been in conversations with people in our lives where we're telling them about something that's super exciting or something we're really excited about. And it elevates the connection because you feel so good sharing it. And that's one of the reasons that from a human being perspective, we love sharing these amazing stories with somebody or moments because it makes us feel good, right? And when the other person knows how to reflect back on those feelings or that story, it becomes a beautiful connection, right? And it's kind of like if you were to be like, dude, I got to tell you about this awesome thing that just happened. I'd be like, man, tell me about it. Let's hear it, right? And then we're all of a sudden like just jacked, right? So that's 
That's question number one. Question number two is what I call, this is how you manufacture psychological safety. Real quick, psychological safety is, let's put this in a kid's perspective. I don't know how you grew up, but how I grew up is like, holy crap, Like whatever just happened, my mom can never find out, right? Our kids have a choice when things happen in their life. Oh my God, this just happened. My dad can never find out. Or, oh my God, this just happened. The first, the first person I need to talk to is my dad. And there's ways you can do that. So like one of the beautiful questions I love to use is tell me about a, tell me about a time today that challenged you or tell me about something you failed at today, right? In, a, in our house, you fail forward. Failure is not a destination. But the way you respond in that, and I'll give you a quick example, is like, tell me something you failed at today or something that was a challenge. Now, I might hear from my 16-year-old and be like, dad, I got a, got a D on the science test. Now, as a dad, and there's a part of me is like, dude, I told you to get off your phone. We all knew this test was coming. You knew you were supposed to study for it, right? Now, if he says, I got a, I got a D on that science test, I'd be like, oh, tell me about that. And he'll be like, oh, you know, I really didn't. Yeah, you know, it was six chapters. I really knew chapters one through three. I didn't know four, five, and six, you know, and it was really focused on four, five, and six. And I'd be like, okay, well, having the information you have today, what would you have done different if you could study and pre- prepare all, all for it again? Oh man, I would have studied everything. Like I thought I knew everything and I would have studied four, five, and six a lot more closer. I'd be like, man, that's great information to have. Like that's a good lesson right out of that. When's your next test? That's uh, in two weeks. Okay. Well, given that information, what would you do different preparing for that test? I'd study everything. Everything. I think that's a great idea. And how can I help you get ready for that? How can I best support you? What feels right to you? I like to use the feeling words when I talk to my wife or my kids because kids and, and women are feeling people. So like what feels right to you? And if my son says, you know what, if you could quiz me like a couple of days before, or maybe just hold me accountable that I'm doing it, man, that would be really helpful. I can totally do that. I got you. Right. Now I didn't have to lecture him one bit. All I had to do is ask him more generative questions, create an environment of psychological safety where he felt very safe. He he, he didn't feel the environment of, of blame, pain, or judgment. And he was able to come up with his own conclusion, which is exactly what we want our kids to do, is to be very strategic thinkers and to think out of their problems. The last question is this. I like to call this one the Netflix to be continued. Netflix has this beautiful thing of it doesn't matter if you're a Breaking Bad fan or the old man or whatever it is. Every episode at the very end, they leave you hanging for that next episode. And before you know it, you're binge watching seven hours of Netflix. And it's because it's the Netflix to be continued question. And that is, what are you most excited about tomorrow? So when you ask that question to your wife, kids or whatever, what are you most excited about tomorrow? It's an incredible question because it puts them back into gratitude after they've told you something tough. Then, so if my son tells me, man, we've got the uh, we've got the fitness test tomorrow in gym class and I've been really, I've been doing my push-ups, I've been doing my mile run, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to break last year's record. I'm really excited about that. What do you think this is the first thing I'm going to ask him when he gets home from school? Man, dude, tell me about the fitness test. How'd it go? Right? And when you, when you or have that continual conversation with your kids or your wife, what they what hits them in the mind and heart is like, he's really interested in me. He he really cares. Like he's not on autopilot. He's in my life. And so those are three questions and the psychology behind them that will absolutely give you some connection and get you some better communication. Absolutely love it. I can't wait uh, till my kids listen to this episode. We'll see if they call me out when I'm using these generative questions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mentioned earlier, I think you said you have another book maybe coming down the pipeline, but like what, tell us what, what's, what's on the horizon for you? What's next? Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So this, this one is going to be the big one. Uh, we're actually, um, we have three publishers that are, it's the book is totally done. 
like totally done, edited everything. It was supposed to go through a publisher. The publisher declared bankruptcy 60 days ago, like right in the middle of all this. I'm like, wait, what? But it was a blessing in disguise because now we got, I can't disclose the the publishers, but we've got three of them looking at it right now. Uh, but it's called The Pursuit of Legendary Fatherhood. And it's divided up into four parts. First part is uh, uh, the current state, like what men just are faced with right now, you know, as it pertains to just being a man and a human being in the world. Second part is husband. Third part is father. Fourth part is leader. Um, but that it was supposed to come out September 6th. It'll probably come out in October as soon as we ink, you know, a contract with, with, with the publisher that we choose to go with. Uh, but yeah, the pursuit of legendary fatherhood is what it is. Awesome. Well, if you need any early pre-readers, send it my way. For anyone else uh, who's interested in checking you out, what's the best way for them to find you? Uh, the dadedge.com is the easiest, easiest way. Uh, I'm the dad edge on everything on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, if you're interested in the alliance, the dadedge.com forward slash alliance podcast can be downloaded on everything. We're on Pandora Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, everything. That is the best place to find us. And of course, if you're a member in the Alliance, um, we host everything through Kajabi. So we've got all our resources right there. My favorite thing to do when we get another podcaster on the show is rather than asking our listeners to go leave us a review, I'm going to ask them to go leave you a review. Take some time to check this content out. I know anyone who listened today, I'm sure got some really valuable questions answered or questions to ask their, their friends, their loved ones, any of their relationships. I'm going to use it at work too. So uh, just uh, just to pay it back, pay it forward a little bit, leave a review on any of Larry's content out there. Um, with that said, uh, thanks again for joining us today, Larry. Really appreciate it. Back at you, my friend. And we're coming to Hawaii as a family for my wife and I's 20th anniversary. We're bringing all the boys. So uh, you and I should definitely connect because definitely. none of us have been there and we've all been uh, looking to figure out what to do or how to, how to make that happen. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes, I'm happy to help with that one. Before we bore everyone to Hawaii talk, uh, I'll just say that's <laughs> that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for joining us and we will look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Thank you.